1: tuning us in, turning us on, but tuning in to you all. Thank you so much for everything that uh, you guys do. You're the best audience on the planet. I love it, love it, love it. And we've got a great lineup for you today on the Dr. Pat Show and Transformation Talk Radio. But first, I got to say hi. Hi, Mr. B. Hi, Pat. How are you? I'm doing very well. And yourself? You know, it was a little weird uh this weekend mm-hmm. uh not uh seeing the Seahawks. Yeah, it was just I know. a little odd yeah, for me. Yeah, especially in playoffs. little odd. A mm-hmm. little odd. We gotta move uh, forward though. We gotta move forward. Gotta move forward, you know. I gotta feel I'm gonna give you a, a heart pump out there for all you Jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> All those fans out there, because I thought you had it in the bag, and I guess we know that it ain't over till it's over, right, Benny? I believe, and I'm sure New England has some crazy stat on like the highest percentage of second half comeback victories ever, yep. which is probably true. So yep, yep, never,
0: never underestimate them. Never underestimate them is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yep, and dare I do say this to one of my mm, greatest fan support team in my early young life the what eagles (laughs) i know who you're referring to (laughs) i don't know who's gonna win this one it's gonna be a good game uh, you know, I have an old interview with one of their former running backs, Deuce Staley. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to bring that up and pop that in here over the next couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, it is tis the season. It really tis the season. You know, beyond the conundrum that I have around football, most importantly, Benny, why we play the Pro Bowl in between Playoffs and Super Bowls is unheard of. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about something with Rick Shapiro that is so important to me, so important to our listeners, probably one of the core, um, let's just say core tenets that the show has been built on. And it's about hope. Hope never dies with author Rick Shapiro. And for those of you out there, that's the title of his fabulous, fabulous book. Now, many of you know a little bit about my journey, my healing journey. And, uh, you know, those of you out there also have heard. Dr. Ronnie come on the show. You've also heard Dr. Darvish come on the show. And one of the things that happened in 2004 when I got the mystery disease is that you learn levels of hope that you've never, ever, ever experienced. That's what Rick is about. A former practicing attorney, a leading consultant, researcher, and educator in the field of safe, evidence based integrative, and alternative cancer treatments. That's what he and I have in common. You know, while cancer wasn't my journey path, um, it certainly was part of the path for so many that took this took this walk with us. So Rick, as engaged in deep research, he and I love research, we've looked at therapies, we understand what works, what doesn't work, but when all is said and done, whether you go to China, New Zealand, New Zealand, whether you go to Europe whether you're like a couple of my friends that have gone to Mexico, whether you've done all of the above, this is a culmination of his work. And it developed answer can- after cancer took his father life over 20 years ago. And sometimes when that happens, we rise up to speak forth for so many that cannot speak for themselves. Today, how this book, How Hope Never Dies, How to Beat the Odds, All of the above is what today's show is about. Rick, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. It's my pleasure.
1: You know, here's the question that I've asked so many people over time. I have just mentioned uh, a little bit about what the show is about. Um, This is our 15th year, and I got to tell you, Rick, that when I started this as a woman doing a positive talk radio show back in the day, as Benny likes to say, most people gave us about 15 minutes. They said, look, seriously, nobody wants to hear what you've got to say. And then I got sick, and then my message changed. What is some of the obstacles? What challenges? What things showed up in life for you, Rick, that – pointed you in the trajectory you're in now and what are some of the gifts that you learned from the devastation of cancer and other diseases
0: Yeah well <clears throat> what started this journey was an event that happened on March 29th of 1996 and that's when my dad passed away as a result of cancer And at the time I knew nothing about cancer and when I was told that his situation was terminal I felt Helpless and hopeless. I knew nothing except that you fought cancer with chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. Time went on, and several years later, in 2001, I had a scare myself, and I was told by a doctor I needed to have a biopsy on my liver, and the word biopsy is a scary word. And he had concerns I might have liver cancer because my liver enzymes were escalating rapidly. And he knew that because I had gone previously to get a life insurance test. I took a little blood work. Uh, They took some blood work out, and uh, I wanted to increase my life insurance. So my numbers were not good. They were escalating very high. I had some discomfort around my liver. And I said to the doctor, I said, I'll tell you what, let's wait 30 days. And this was after they had done a CAT scan. They had done an ultrasound. They took eight vials of blood out of me that he had concerns. I said, let's wait 30 days. And if my numbers keep going up, I'll do the biopsy. I decided mm. after reading a few books to make some radical changes in my nutritional habits. And uh, mm. I kind of like the old standard American diet. I like my cheeseburgers with bacon. And I like my milkshakes. And I had ice cream six nights a week. And, and I just I love my french fries piled high but yeah. I made radical changes in my <laughs> diet. Yeah, I went back, yeah. and then guess what? Lo and behold, I brought my numbers down from these very astronomically high levels to normal. No need for a biopsy. I guess I didn't have liver cancer, or if I was close, I turned around my biochemistry. So that's what got me on the path. I read 100 books after that. I've been to 23 cancer conferences since 2010, and, and I've been on this mission because, Pat, there's 600,000 people died this past year of cancer in the United yeah. States. And, and for those of us who are old enough, the war in Vietnam was 10 years. 58,000 people died in 10 years. Well, guess what? In this country, every five weeks, just a little over every month, 58,000 people die of cancer. And it's about to overtake cardiovascular disease as the biggest killer in this country in the next year or two. Yeah. So I just decided, you know what, there's got to be some other things we can bring to the table beyond the strict standard of care or including the strict standard of care integratively to help people beat the odds, regardless if they're told they're terminal or have stage four cancer. And I have actually met at this point, after going to 23 conferences, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who were told to get their affairs in order, who were told that They should go to hospice and there was nothing more that could be done. And they're still surviving and thriving because they brought other tools to the table.
1: And isn't that what your book is about? I mean, it's not just about the, as I picked up somewhere from the book, Transformation and Pearls of Wisdom. It's also about, let's tell the story about how people did it. Then let's tell you what we found About how these people have done it. And what I love about Hope Never Dies, you know, when we're thinking about this book that you've written, it is like who are the game changers out there that are speaking out about beating the odds? Who are they? And how can we tell the world more about them? That's what you're doing. We're going to take a short break, Rick. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of these stories, but we're also going to talk about what is it that Rick discovered on the way to wholeness, well-being, and healing? Yep. This is a juicy one, folks. You want to give us a shout? 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. I'm Dr. Pat, Rick Shapiro. Mr. Benny, of course, we'll be right back.
0: spirituality into your everyday lives on universe soul heart radio tune in each month on transformation talk radio as kathleen johnson explores the concept of sensible spirituality keeping you grounded connected and centered on the path to wholeness kathleen has dedicated her life to facilitating holistic healing and wholeness in others listen to universe soul heart radio and learn how to flourish grow and impact all we do on planet earth for more information go to universesoulheart.net. Tune
1: in to the hit show, Raging Skillet Radio, mouthing off with Chef Rossi. Chef Rossi mouths off about different subjects in pursuit of breaking down walls and opening up your minds. She and Dr. Pat banter back and forth, taking from the headlines of the day on subjects that reach beyond what goes on in the world into your hearts and go to theragingskillet.com to find out more and let chef rossi know what's on your mind
0: holistique medical center is where you find it all a healthy space with doctors who care see and listen to the whole you hi this is dr darvish if you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms you will find answers here at holistique medical center Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit DrDarvish.com or call 425-451-0404.
1: Are you traveling most of your day? Do you
0: want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google
1: Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. Tune into the wisdom of your soul for guidance on living a joyful life. On Soul Wisdom Radio, Wendy will provide inspiration to raise your vibration and connect with your higher self and guides. Learn how to balance your ego and to progress spiritually on Soul Wisdom Radio with Wendy Rose Williams. Visit wendyrosewilliams.com or Transformation Talk Radio to learn more about a healing session with Wendy and her events and publications. The Janice Underwood Show, helping you create the life you want, not the life you tolerate. Tune in each Monday, 9 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as Janice delves into the life
0: creator system and the next step in your spiritual evolution. Janice Underwood is gifted at helping spiritually-minded people shift their mindsets to unleash the creator within. Our souls wish to wake us up. Those of us listening, hear the call. Do you? For more information, visit JaniceUnderwood.com. Place their hopes and material.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you so very much. Um, As I said before, Rick Shapiro is joining me here today. Fabulous book. Fabulous book. Hope Never Dies, How 20 Late-Stage and Terminal Cancer Patients. What? Beat the odds. That's what this show has been about from day one. It's been about hope in action. Rick, before we dive deeply into this, Um, I would love for you to uh, please tell folks how they can get a copy of the book and how they can find out more about you.
0: Sure. Uh, Regarding getting a copy of the book, you can buy it. People can buy it on Amazon. Obviously, that's Amazon.com. They can go to the website, which is www.hopeneverdies.com, and they can buy it through the website. Or they can order it at their local bookstore. If the bookstore doesn't have it, they can go to their local bookstore and ask for Hope Never Dies um, by Rick Shapiro. Mm-hmm. That's how they can, they can access it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and all of the above. Now look, um, people look at us and they think, where do these folks come from? Why are they talking about this? You know, clearly this, is not, uh, this has not been your, your first career, neither has it been mine. But for whatever reason, on this day, today... We're talking about something that I think uh, is pivotal in the world of medicine. Dr. Oz said something many years ago, and he said uh, energy medicine is the next field. And all of us heard that as we were on the show, doing a show on energy medicine. And what we said is energy medicine is not the future. It's the now. It's the time we're living in now. But it's more than that, isn't it? I want to ask you this, you know. What do you believe is one of the first things that a patient, let's say, should know and should do the minute that they hear the word cancer?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. A couple of things. First thing, when somebody's diagnosed with a serious cancer situation, number one, breathe. Breathe. Number two, breathe. Number three, breathe, because we are all panicked. We kind of see our mortality flash before our eyes when we're told we have cancer. We go into this, many people go into a high-stress, anxiety-ridden mode. They become depressed. It's just the scariest word in the world. My grandmother wouldn't say the word cancer. She said the C word. But it's critical to know, after We breathe and realize, okay, there's probably a very good path forward here, and there is hope. Understand if somebody gives you some statistical reference and says you've got three to six months to live, or there's a twenty percent chance you'll be here in one year. You are an individual, you are not a statistic. When they throw out statistics, they meaning lots of doctors, they are looking at a population base of millions of people. You are an individual and After you are told you have a particular prognosis that may not be the best prognosis out there, realize that you might be proactive and make certain changes in your life, bring certain medical tools to the table integratively or alternatively that can change the path of your cancer, change your biochemistry, enhance your immune system and go after the cancer directly. Secondly, when I, as I just said, When you're told you have cancer, it's a very scary proposition, and we can become highly stressed and anxious. We need to realize that nothing great was ever accomplished. Nobody ever climbed Mount Everest with a negative attitude that, oh, I might not make it. Oh, I might not be able to accomplish that great goal. We need to find that inner resolve, that inner strength somehow, whether it's a few days after we get a diagnosis, a week later two weeks later, three weeks later. But we need to find out inner strength and realize, okay, I have a challenge here. I have an issue. And we're going to put together the best team, the best tools to go after this situation and improve my health. And I don't have to be a statistic. Those are the first things you really need to think about when you get a diagnosis and a prognosis, regardless if it's from a doctor or a famous cancer center. Because I'll tell you this one other thing along those lines. Some of the most, in fact, not just some of, the biggest and most well-known cancer centers in this country, and I don't name them specifically in the book, but I can tell you verbally that's the case, gave a lot of these prognoses and said, I'm sorry, you've got three to six months to live. There's nothing more we can do. We can arrange hospice. These are our so-called best experts. But guess what? They can be wrong, and they are wrong more often than you would think, because their approach is what I'll call standard of care. They don't know anything Mm -hmm. beyond standard of care, chemo, radiation, and surgery, and they don't bring these other tools to the table, which can profoundly transform your health and change the path of or stop the cancer, and in some cases, eradicate the cancer. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you've done a lot of research on this, Rick, and you know you've talked to a number of people. The book clearly features people that were looking at where they are, open to where they wanted to go, and willing to take that next step and that next action. Um, when I think about some of the stories in in the book, some of the people, and you know what they've what they've heard, what they've not heard. What have you or what would you say, Rick, is one of the most optimistic um, and shall I say directions that has emerged in the past 10 years in the treatment of cancer? Uh, And I'm not just talking about chemo. I'm talking about the many, many various ways that insurance may not even pay for. What have you discovered? Is there a trend? What is saving lives?
0: Yes, ab- absolutely, and, and there's, <clears throat> there's, and, and we can talk about chemo because there's something that I sure. call modified chemo, which is not exactly strict standard of care chemo, because I'm not just a black and white guy. There's gray areas yeah. in all of this, but yep, regarding other other things, it can be transformational. Number one, uh, the appropriate mind body strategies. We just talked about attitude for a minute. We need to find a way to mitigate the stress because stress is something that weakens the immune system. We need to have a strong immune system. That's our internal pharmacy, our immune system, if you will. So we need to have a strong immune system to detect cancer and fight cancer. So mind-body strategies are important. Number two, we just mentioned a little while ago, nutritional protocols. And I'm not talking about just having broccoli and wild salmon. I'm not just talking about having cauliflower and arugula and spinach but a a nutritional protocol approach, a strategic approach that deals with cancer issues. And there are certain specialists around this country who will look at your blood work very carefully and put together an approach that can have a profound impact on your internal inflammation, on, on your immune system, on something called apoptosis, angiogenesis, your blood glucose, and things that will create a body, a biochemistry that is Inhospitable to cancer. It doesn't let cancer foster and be permissive and spread throughout your body. So, nutritional right. protocols are important. Additionally, right. something as simple as exercise. Oh. Everybody can exercise. Even if you're in a wheelchair and you're watching TV, doesn't mean on the commercials you can't do certain exercise with your arms and your legs and, and even grab a couple of cans of super couple of three-pound weights, you can do things to exercise. And exercise is really important because, again, it can increase the flow of oxygen-rich blood to your tissues. It reduces fatigue, alleviates anxiety. And if you're having some decline of muscle mass, it can stop that decline. It helps enhance survival and quality of life. And another thing, Pat, that's really important is evidence-based. And the key word here is evidence-based supplementation. Sometimes supplementation gets a bad rap and people say, oh, mm-hmm. it's not proven. But you know what? There is a. I was doing some research over the weekend, in fact,
1: mm-hmm. and I
0: went to a website called pubmed.gov, P-U-B-M-E-D dot G-O-V, which is our National Library of Medicine, which is supported by the National Institute of Health. This is the government's online medical library. It has 27 million studies. That's a million studies across the globe. And for the fun of it, I put the word in uh, to the search engine of this website, supplementation cancer. And I came up with over 9,000 studies. I put the word in curcumin cancer. Curcumin is a particular <laughs> botanical. I came up with over 4,000 studies. So people sometimes say, oh, there's no proof, there's no studies. Well, guess what? There is a mountain full, there's voluminous amounts of studies that Correlate with benefits of the body, attacking cancer, supporting the immune system, et cetera. Right. So, those four things mind body strategies, nutritional protocols, exercise regimens, and supplementation. But it's important that these are brought to the table in a scientific, evidence based way. And there are experts that can guide you, whether they're integrative medical doctors, naturopathic oncologists, or other cancer specialists who can help guide you to really transform your biochemistry, and fight this thing called cancer and push it back on its heels. Those are four yeah. areas that I think are profoundly transformational if done correctly.
1: Yeah. The other thing to also be careful about is, and, I, and since we're talking about researcher and you and I are researchers, I'm a researcher as well. Um, the thing that I, I, I caution people about, especially for example, like a study on antioxidants, you know, when a study comes out and it says, blah, 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 antioxidants don't prove to be successful. Here's the thing you got to read in the study. First of all, they will not do a study that puts the other person at risk. So you're not going to find a study where let's just experiment with this, even if it's going to kill the people in group A. They don't do it. Um, and if they do it, then what they do is they they don't have the basis for explaining that to people. So we we tend to believe here, Rick, that a one-size fits-all. We have to read these studies in a way where we say to people, this is not a one-size fits-all disease, right? Number one. Correct. And so you have to read, you know, what the studies do and what all of the above means. Um, And it's been really a maze. So, for example, if you take antioxidants or antioxidants that detox your body while you're in the middle of a strict protocol, I don't care what it is, a a normally healthy person doing a strict detox, you're going to feel that thing. You're going to have a Hertz reaction. You're going to feel it. And so how to apply these protocols, isn't that part of the discovery that you have as well?
0: Yes, yes. It, it, it's critical, and I want to talk about the FDA for a second because we're talking about studies, and that yeah. leads into that. Yeah, go but ahead. These these, In my opinion, based on a lot of deep research, the best way to deal with cancer is not what I call a silver bullet approach or a magic bullet approach. Mm-hmm. The silver bullet approach came from the use of antibiotics, especially penicillin back in the day. We said, hey, penicillin, it knocks out uh, bacterial problems, and that'll be great for the future. We'll be be able to knock out cancer with the right chemotherapy. In reality, and and let's be honest again, the progress we've made in cancer has been incremental at best over the last 60 years. In cardiovascular disease, it's been much greater. So the best approach, in my opinion, is a multifaceted therapeutic approach, approach, implemented by sophisticated cancer specialists, personalized, that's a key word, not generic therapy, but personalized to the individual based upon objective diagnostic tests and criteria, objective to the individual, not that we take a particular drug off a shelf and say, this is what we give for ovarian cancer or this type of breast cancer. No, because the mutations are different in everyone, and you can have different mutations in the same tumor, and this has to be delivered with compassion. Regarding studies, you need to look at lots of things. There can be inherent bias in studies. Who is paying for the studies? Most of these studies are paid for and supported by large pharmaceutical conglomerates. And think about today when you turn the TV on. How often do you see commercials about pharmaceutical drugs today? Mm -hmm. All the time. You didn't see that 20 years ago. This is big business. And regarding the concept I mentioned before about the concept of proof, Most medical doctors in today's medical world say they need to see what's called a Phase 3 double-blind, large, randomized, placebo-controlled study. Uh A Phase 3 study generally takes 10 to 15 years to consummate because they start by looking at cancer cells in the Petri dish and they do what's called an animal study and a Phase 1 study, which can be... 50 to 100 people, phase two might be 500 to 1,000, phase three might be 1,000 to 3,000 people. Yes. Yeah. And according to Tufts University Medical School study of drug approval in the year 2014, they said it costs approximately from start to finish $2.5 billion with a B to do these studies. Now, why does people, now let's say it's just a billion, let's say they're off. Who has a billion dollars to spend on a study unless you're going to get a return on investment? That's right. these particular drugs, they can get a patent. The patent protects them on this particular drug, all the drugs you see on TV, and any drug for that matter, for 20 years. They have 20 years to reap billions per year to get their money back. If you have a natural, if you could put in a pill, what I just said, the mind-body, the nutritional protocols, these supplementation programs, if you could put that in a pill, that would be worth a trillion dollars. But you know what? You can't patent that. Natural agents, be they botanicals, herbs, vitamins, extracts, whatever, are not patentable. Therefore, you will never see a large phase three study because who's going to spend a billion dollars on it when you can't get an ROI, a return on investment? Very simple. And when I yeah. present that to an oncologist, um, They will say, if they will listen, they'll say, you know, that does make sense if they're somewhat open-minded. So they say there's no proof. There is plenty of proof. It may not be a phase three, but there's plenty of proof based on observational studies, case studies, clinical uh, evidence, uh, epidemiological studies that show that these other things beyond standard of care can be profoundly transformational and beneficial to anybody who's suffering from a cancer diagnosis.
1: Well, let's talk about the epidemiological uh, nature of breast cancer. There's a book. I believe it's a book. I want to say it's a book. Let me just call it it's a research. It's mm-hmm. a research publication on the nutritional epidemiological ed- ed- epidemiology of breast cancer. Now, uh, who are the people that did this? Well, first of all, they're not in the United States. So right away, we want to discount mm-hmm. anything anybody's doing outside of the U.S., that's what. That's number one. That's what what right. folks are doing, but yet when you look abroad, when you look at you know how uh, you know Ronco and Stefani De Stefani put this this study together, and they took literally took the nature of this nature of breast cancer and they broke it down. And they talk about, you know, uh, current knowledge today, just like you do in your book. What do we know today? How about obesity? How about this? And they come out and they say, well, wait a minute. Yeah, we're in Uruguay, but it's okay. We still did a study. So when we look at this, we have to combine what people are doing all across the world for the very reason you said. When you are in this late stage, as you say in your book, and terminal cancer, I don't think people want to wait 15 years for a study, do they, Rick?
0: No, you know, people unfortunately are dying every day and Mm -hmm. we don't have time to wait 10 or 15 years. And with respect to studies that come from global sources all over the planet, they need, you know, we always need to look at the study, how is it designed, who sponsored it, how many people, and sometimes somebody might say, oh, XYZ didn't work. Well, maybe... If they had the dose was larger, it would work. Maybe if we waited an extra two months, it would kick in and, and support our immune system. But there are actually three people in the book uh, out of the 20. One went to Switzerland, one went to Germany, one went to Mexico, uh, and mm-hmm. they are thriving today. They couldn't find what they were looking for here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, over in Europe... <clears throat> Places like uh, Germany, and Switzerland, and some other countries, they are not as tough on certain treatments and therapies uh, that they will allow patients to implement in their cancer-fighting strategy. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I think we sometimes set the bar a little bit high. Certainly, we want to do things that are safe. We want to make sure that there's what's called a response, that it works. But when people are in a late stage situation, I think we need to loosen up a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and, uh, let's let's skip this break because I want to take a minute, and I would love for you to share a few of these stories uh, with our people because you know this is what you've done in your book. You've put so much time and effort into making sure that. You know, you're representing such a great cross-section. And, you know, we know this. We know that there are differences. I was looking at a study, you know, that was done in the Asian population, a study that came out about the effectiveness of support groups, right, in Asian breast cancer patients, right? So they did a review. And it doesn't mean that if you take that study for, you know, Asian and Asian American patients, that that's going to translate. But it's information, It's information, right? You know, it's talking about a 4.3 to 5.3 billion projection in 2050 as cancer grows in these diverse populations which didn't have cancer before, right? Or not to the extent. So I want to take a minute, if we could, and talk with you and have you share a few of the stories or a few of the examples of how people went from surviving to thriving.
0: It would be my pleasure. Oh, right now? Yeah, let's do it right now. I thought there was a break. Absolutely. No, I think I I want to skip the break. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll give you several stories. Um, Yeah. Here's one in the chemo area. Um, There was a a woman named Elizabeth Pankey. She happens to be an MD and a PhD. And she was told in October of, uh, excuse me, she was told in October of 1999 that she had two months to live. She had visited five cancer centers across this country. She had, uh, obviously, a very aggressive ovarian and uterine cancer, which had spread to her abdomen, and she tried one particular type of chemotherapy, and it didn't work, and it was getting worse, and she was losing weight. She tried another different type of chemotherapy that didn't work, and she was going down fast. It was not a good situation. She looked day and night over the Internet. She found a a doctor named Dr. Nagurney in Southern California and got on the phone with him, and he had a chemosensitivity test, and he's one of only two doctors I know in this country who provide this particular chemosensitivity test. It's not a generic model because most of chemo is is uh, selected via what I'll call an off-the-shelf model for this type of cancer and this type of stage. We provide this cancer, uh, this chemotherapy. He did a tissue sample. He took a tissue sample from Elizabeth and tested it against 12 to 16 types of different chemotherapies. And one of them, which had nothing to do with ovarian cancer in terms of drug selection, melted the cancer away. I'll just cut to the chase. She is yeah. doing fantastically well. She was told in October she was not going to make it till Christmas. And wow. uh, she said in the, her pearls of wisdom, You must want to live, become an advocate for yourself, and people should not lose hope. Keep on searching. Follow your heart. Those are her direct words. Um, Here's another story. There's a woman, Diane Clanky. Diane is up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and she was told in 2004, uh, she was was told, quote, I would give you maybe tops, three months to live. We can arrange for hospice care, pancreatic Mm. cancer. Yeah. She did not quit. She went to a major cancer center. They, they confirmed the diagnosis and prognosis. They didn't give her much time to live. She found a doctor in Chicago, Dr. Keith Block, who has a comprehensive integrative cancer center. And Dr. Block brought to her a variety of different treatments and therapies, which included uh, major nutritional changes, supplementation, mind-body, exercise, and a certain type of chemo, what's called chronomodulated chemo. Chrono as in the word chronology, as in the word timing. And she would get chemo when she's in the produce section from a little port because his perspective is that the timing of when you get chemo is extremely powerful because cancer cells are more vulnerable at certain times of day. And she would get her chemo at certain times of day, Uh, over time, and he states that there are 40 cancer centers in Europe that provide this, but nobody in the U.S., and lo and behold, that was in 2004 when they said she should go to hospice. She's doing fantastically well. I talked to her the other day, and uh, she said, quote, you must make your body inhospitable to cancer. Diet, supplements, chemo, the way Dr. Block does it, exercise, prayer, and other reasons are why I am here today he also said, you must change your life. And in fact, in 2006, she was interviewed by Sanjay Gupta of CNN.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, would you like another yeah. story?
1: Well, I want to take a short break now, Benny, if we could. And when we come back, again, I want to make sure people know how to get a copy of the book. And I want to talk with you about some of the things you mentioned in the book. You know, if, if you could look at The questions, the options, the direction to go. If you were sitting there and you heard those words, what would be the next three things that you might think about doing? Now, many of us that have heard the diagnosis, we know we go to fear. But where does hope step in that's what Rick Shapiro is going to talk about, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. Uh, you're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. I'm Dr. Pat. Rick Shapiro is my guest. Hope Never Dies is the book. It's incredible. The stories are amazing. Um, as, as a very close friend of mine said, sometimes it just takes chutzpah. We'll be right back. Stop thinking and start acting. And I'll tell you what repeated thinking does. It doesn't help you in creating your dream life. It actually creates a lot of unconscious stress. So remember how it feels when you think of something, but you don't do it. I want to call the doctor. I don't. I want to read a book. I don't. I want to go see a friend. I don't. I want to go on a diet, I don't. So there's many things where you think of something and you don't do it.
0: And what happens is that when you don't do it, it creates stress. Also undermines your own strength and confidence in yourself. So it's really important
1: to get going, you have a thought, act it out, and you're done.
0: Winning at the Game of Money, Lynn Brown is now offering Full Spectrum Finance, a progressive 12-month program that will help you to navigate through the mechanics of financial expansion. Finally, a financial planner who looks at the full spectrum of money and abundance engage you in the mental, physical, and energetic aspects of finance. This is Full Spectrum Finance. Are you ready to get into it? For more information, go to fullspectrumfinance.com. How would you like increased health and vitality? Your body has a lot to tell you if you just learn to listen to your intuition. Audrey Michelle, host of Rewired Life Radio, can help you peel away the layers that are holding you back from living your best life. Tune in to Rewired Life Radio. Learn to love, heal, celebrate. On Transformation Talk Radio every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Connect with Audrey at AudreyMichelle.com.
1: everybody wow i'm just saying we we could spend i could spend hours talking to rick about his book and the stories and the journeys he's been on you know as uh, dr ross has said about the book riveting and richly engrossing stories of courage uh and the notion of never say die i love that hope never dies this is the book by rick shapiro and before we go ahead rick I I want folks to know, how can they get a copy of this book? And for those of you out there, every one of us, every one of us knows someone that is sitting in the middle of a cancer diagnosis. Or if they're not today, they have been. And so this is the kind of book that you want to share with people to help them rise up. How can people find out more about you and also get a copy of the book?
0: Yes, they they can purchase the book through Amazon at Amazon dot com. They can go to the website HopeNeverDies.com, dot com and buy the book through the website, or they can order the book at your local bookstore uh, throughout the United States. And uh, there's information about me certainly and my background uh, on the website HopeNeverDies.com. dot yeah. com.
1: Well, what if they want to talk to you? I mean, is there a way for people to call you? How are you
0: doing that? The first way to contact me, you can do it through the website. There's an area where it just I think it says contact, and you can write uh, what you want to talk about or your contact. Uh, give me your contact information. I'll get back to you. Uh, if you have an issue or a challenge, uh, just get to me through the website initially, and then we can uh, open up the dialogue from there.
1: I love it. Um, one of the things I love about this is these are stories about people and you must have discovered along the way, certainly what everyone had in common. Um, but there have been things that you've put in the book to guide all of us, you know, everything from the questions to ask your doctor to the journey to explore the world of possibilities. Can, can I just ask you You know, based on the stories, what have you found some of these people had in common? What are some of the questions perhaps that they asked that many of us didn't even know to ask? And more importantly, you know, how have you seen the way that they've connected to find their surviving moment or magical miracle moment that saved
0: their lives?
1: Big, big questions, but it's, I just want to make sure we get it in, Rick.
0: Sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you first find out, as you mentioned, that you have cancer, don't forget to breathe. And, and that there is absolutely, I'm here to tell you, there absolutely is hope. There's not a, you are not a statistic. And because some doctor tells you you've got a limited time frame, don't believe it. There are so many examples of people who are here and thriving despite the fact they were told that they had a short-term time frame including one woman in the book, three to six weeks, not months, weeks. Mm-hmm. I think reading stories about people, knowing that others have have traveled this road before you is, is really helpful to know that there really is hope and that you can thrive. And it's important to ask questions. It's important to ask questions when you go to that meeting with the oncologist. Don't be intimidated. It can be a little scary, I admit it, and go to that meeting with somebody at least one or two people who can listen carefully, but don't be afraid to ask questions. Bring a notepad and ask questions about uh, whether this particular doctor has a great amount of experience with your cancer situation. What have been the results of the treatments that he or she is recommending? uh, Find out about whether or not there is evidence uh, indicating the efficiency and effectiveness of these treatments long-term. Ask questions about... Whether the goal of your seeing that person is to cure you, to control the cancer, to slow the progression, or is it palliative? And the word palliative basically means that they don't see that it's curable and they just want to make you feel better in the near term. Uh, Ask them about side effects because there are so many things you can do in the integrative and alternative world to mitigate And control side effects from some of the harsh treatments that are part of cancer care. There are certain botanicals and fasting exercises and acupuncture and other things that can lessen side effects. So ask about those things and how they think that they will mitigate side effects. Ask the doctor if they, if he or she will work with somebody who's, has complementary treatments and therapies to offer. And I think that's absolutely critical. If they have a very narrow perspective and say, no, we do it our way and we won't work with anybody who recommends nutritional strategies and exercise regimens and supplementation programs and we will not work with them, then I would say go find another doctor because you want to bring all the tools available to your situation to enhance your outcome and and. Bring these Mm -hmm. beneficial treatments, and they are beneficial. Ask about risks uh, of these particular treatments. Ask them to uh, define what they mean by, well, we're going to have a good result. Well, What does good result mean? Sometimes they will talk with vague language and get specific answers. Don't be afraid of the answers. Information is empowering, and we want to be empowered with knowledge. And another thing which is critical Make sure you feel comfortable about that doctor, the transparency of that doctor, whether he or she has good communication skills, seems to be forthright and straightforward with you. Ask, and ask them about their goals and objectives. Again, is it to cure you? Is it, to, is it a palliative intent? What is it? And you want to know that doctor has a fighting spirit about you, a positive attitude about your situation, and treats you not as, somebody who's, oh, that's the breast cancer patient. No, you're a patient who happens to have breast cancer or whatever cancer it might be. And that he or she is open to a team approach and all therapies that can be beneficial for you. and doesn't take a narrow siloed perspective about this whole area of what to implement going forward. But those are critical questions to ask. And We have 83 questions in the book laid out. I don't, Intend that someone's going to ask 83 questions. It's a guide, and it talks about financial issues, definitions of success, integrative and alternative care, efficacy of treatments, the experience of the doctor, the nature of the treatments, the safety of the treatments, um, et cetera, et cetera. But go on with knowledge. Knowledge is power. I
1: love it. And by the way, Anne, I know you just called our office, and thank you for doing that. We're actually going to get you a copy of the book. So Linda's right on track with that. Uh, Boy, uh, you know, it's so rare that people actually dial the office and not into the show, but this is really the energy that you've created in helping people. And hold on, Linda, we'll get back to you, we'll get you a copy of the book, and yes. Um, do you? uh, Is there another website? Apparently people want to know more about you. I, folks, folks, I guess want to chat with you um, because this is such an important dialogue, right? You know, you're representing the story of people that beat the odds. I'm here because I beat the odds. You're here because you've seen what it takes to beat the odds. You know, we have to help people become armed with both body, with not both, with body, mind, spirit tools, right? And that's what you've done so beautifully. Um I want to ask you this last question and have you talk to this. Where do we begin? Help people in the last few minutes we have left Rick. Help guide our listenership to where they can begin.
0: I think it comes down, uh, without getting too technical, but with the nature of the book, the concept. If you have cancer, hope. And don't let fear guide you. Don't let fear overtake the process. And if you think about the acronym fear, F-E-A-R, forgetting every available resource, there's lots of resources out there that can help you move forward. Social support is also very important. You want to surround yourself with people who are compassionate, who are sensitive, and who care. And you want to still be involved with life and not let this overpower you. There is hope. You are. Have, you want to try and find the inner resolve. You are not a statistic. It's a multifaceted approach. Um, and just move forward knowing that many have walked this path this path before you and are out literally 10, 20, 25 years. In fact, 18 out of the 20 people in the book are out 10 plus years or more from the time that they were supposedly had an expiration date pursuant Mm. to their conventional doctors saying, I'm sorry, you've got three months, six months. The great majority of the people were told they had a year or less, and they are thriving because they changed the inner dynamic. They brought into their body a paradigm which was either integrated with other therapies or some of them just alternative. So there is hope, and hopefully the stories will inspire people to know there's hope, Hopefully, the doctor chapters will illuminate people about treatments and therapies that can be profoundly transformational regarding your biochemistry and your body. Hopefully, the questions will empower them with knowledge.
1: I'm telling you, uh, after reading your book, and I I have read it, uh, I need to go back here because there is something. So profound about the questions, the levels you ask, every story, everything from uh, macrobiotic approaches to what effect does that specific diet have to how to create the mind and the spirit that can overcome any disease. I know that this book is for cancer patients as it's written, but it is a book. That is about hope never dying for all of us. Rick, thank you so very much for today. Last question, personal message. What would you like to leave us with?
0: Um, move forward. Move forward with a positive attitude. Don't believe everything you read. Don't believe everything you hear. Uh, and science is constantly evolving and changing, and nobody knows it all. So just go forward yeah. with an open mind. No one knows it all, and. Don't be afraid of the future.
1: Yeah, boy, I am loving this, Rick Shapiro. Everybody, hope never dies. Lots of information, and Rick, I got to tell you, you know this book is going to be life-saving for so many people. Thank you for the courage to write it, and for the robustness in your heart to bring it forward.
0: Thank you. It was my pleasure.
1: We're gonna take a short break, everyone. We're not done, not done. I told you, this is about thriving today. Stay tuned, we'll be right back.